You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Today's Power Lunch is brought to you by The Palm at Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Sure, The Palm is great for a fancy night out, but it's also the perfect midweek spot for a lunch with a client, or lunch to catch up with a friend, or maybe even to do an interesting podcast like this. Power Lunch menu selections at The Palm start at $26 for an appetizer, meal, and dessert. Book your reservation today directly at thepalm.com, open table, or by calling them at 703-917-0200. I can make most anything on the menu except whatever you got is fine. I'm going to say some bad words. You're just going to have to deal with it. PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. Hey, you got enough money to pay for all this? You know, money, cash, dollars, dinero. So what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you? You're welcome. What can I say? Yeah, so, yeah, you're lucky. This is such old man talk. <laughs> it is <laughs> so sexy, isn't it? Anyway, I is hope this, this is the one that's all over. Is this in the book still barking? The 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 old man talk of everyone's maladies? <laughs> Maybe a little J, bit. JP wrote a book. God Are we on? Is this is this, yeah, the, no, this we, is the show? We roll into it. I like okay. to ease into it. This is the show. This all is right, like cool. what you guys do. So you wrote a book. Yes. And it was all your idea, or did you guys say, hey, JP, you should write a book about our show? No, I actually told him I'd rather you not, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, You lobbied yeah, against it. Kind of. But I'm not strongly. I mean, it's his story, too, but... As far as I was concerned, is that I didn't want to necessarily rehash all of the drama from you know what I mean. I don't want to rehash old fights and I don't know. I just old stuff I had maybe with DJs or bosses. Like I didn't necessarily want to rehash it. Okay, it's just for me. You know what I mean. Um, so I'm perfectly happy just not having a book. But I at the end of the day, I've read half of it, and I'm glad that he did archive what yeah. we've done throughout our career because you know being in the middle of it. When you look back on it, if you ever just like sit and have a glass of wine or something and you look back on your career and you remember like, that's right, we were at the Grammys or we were, you know, at 10 Super Bowls or, you know, we did talk to LeBron James's mom before he turned pro and, you know what I mean? All these things oh, yeah. that you did and you forget. So I, I am glad at the end of the day that he archived it, but I did lobby against it, <laughs> to be fair. Did you pay him, JP? Did I pay him? For the book. I'm sprinkling a little sugar. And when I mean a little, a little 
uh, some little bonus structure with the junkies and our producers. Did EB sit down with you for an exclusive no, no. follow-up? No. No, the truth is, he I actually... sent a few emails. I talked to a couple people along the way, and I, I, I didn't know. I was like, hey, so I'm writing this book. Should I pay the other guys on the show? And they all said, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they were like, who wrote the book? Did they write any chapters? I was like, no. How about, and I, how it about was Lurch? a weird thing. Lurch Papa had to get paid. Lurch Papa has not been paid other than the little bonuses that I've sprinkled, He's you know, so, that, so that if we have, like, tomorrow I have an appearance at Bourbon Boulevard, which is actually a client of the radio ding, station. Ding, ding, If you're in D.C., go to Bourbon Boulevard. Where is it, J.P.? That is in Chantilly, Virginia. Lovely I'll be there Chantilly. from 4 to 6, and I think Jason's going to pop over there. I said, hey, if we've got appearances that are close by, pop over. Eric showed up to one actually in Leesburg because he was playing pickleball hmm. nearby, and he All popped right. over there. And it's been kind of cool. Um you know, the way that I look at it is when I have grandchildren, they'll be able to see the book and see what their granddad did for a living. So there's the archive and aspect, and I've talked about this. I still remember we were at Lurch's house on his back deck 25 years ago deciding if we were actually going to give it a go. At the time, WJFK. This was before the cable access show. This is after the cable access okay. show. We started doing weekend radio, making $75 a weekend. And they gave us a shot, an eight-week tryout to take over for the Grease Man at night. How about a gaga? How about a gee? And Cakes at the time was a manager at Toys R Us. I know it sounds trifling, but he had a wife. He had a kid. He had a 401K. And he had to make a decision, really. He was kind of the last cog because <laughs> the rest of us. the of Toys R Us management? <laughs> he was about to get triple matched on his 401K. Like, it was an actual yeah. thing. He talked yeah. about it. Well, but we sat, Toys R Us is out of business now. We, we sat on, um, we, were, we were like having a few drinks, sitting on Jason's back deck, and it was like, are we going to go for it? And I kind of go back to that moment and kind of what EB said looking back on it. So we obviously decided yes, and 25 years later, we're still going strong, but there's no way we could have predicted we'd be doing it for 25 years, that we'd go to Super Bowls and do all the things that you do take for granted when you're doing it day after day, but looking back, we've been lucky. At what point did you feel like, okay, we're now safe? You never, I don't think you never. ever really feel safe. I, I do, I think like halfway through you feel like, well, we're screwed because we don't know how to do anything else. Like he's got a law degree, but I mean... He's not really going to practice law. I have a master's in education. In, in theory, I could be a high school guidance counselor. I've done that 26 years. Could I mean, you imagine that interview, too? Yeah. would say, how are you qualified? You held bikini contests? <laughs> like, what, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I mean, you, like, you're a radio lifer. I mean, there's nothing. You're, yes. you're never going to stop. Like, so are we. So, like, this is... this is a, There this is, is no plan B. This is it. Yeah. There's no other marketable yeah. skills. Yeah. Well, I, I'll say this, though, to answer your question. And I write about this in Still Barking, stillbarking.com, to buy the book. Um... When we started out, I was studying for the bar exam, and we're starting, and we're, we're all in, right? We start full-time, taking over the show at night. And at the time— When they pay you, by the way? Not that much. I think it was $100 per show. And I think I actually negotiated a bump per yeah. person. Yeah. I negotiated a so bump because I acted week. as our agent. Yeah. We got a bump to $110 Ooh, per show sweet. So during those first eight weeks. So it's a tryout period. And we don't know. We're not working under a contract. We don't know what the future is. We take over at nights for the Grease Man. What, at the time, what again? WJFK. At the time, it is Howard Stern in the morning, Don and Mike in the afternoons, G. Gordon Liddy, and then the Junkies at night. These four 26, 27-year-old right. guys starting from, out. From uh, where in Maryland? Bowie. Bowie. 
Yeah. The Bowie boy. Jason's actually from Lanham, but three of us grew up in Bowie within a block of each other and uh, went to kindergarten together and school together and all that stuff. But our very first fall ratings book, everybody at the station was number one. We hit number one. And I felt like, okay, I don't know if I was going to predict 25 years. You're like, rip up but, the law degree. But mm. I'm in radio, baby. We're in the mix. Well, I, I actually knew when they gave us a shot and we met with them, uh, as we were driving, I'll, I remember it vividly. Uh, we were leaving, uh, what is that, 123 or whatever yeah. that is, Route Main 50, about, about to turn onto 123, and we were at the stoplight, and we had just had the meeting, and they were going to give us a shot, and I just remember putting my head in my hands and going, oh my God, this is going to hit. This is going to hit because... We're not starting in Iowa. We're not starting in Salisbury. We right. are starting at a monster. Market five, We're yeah. starting at a mar- monster. And a hell of a station. Uh, yeah, it's a monster superstation, and they're going to promote us. So, I mean, like, I have a lot of issues with some of the guys maybe that I worked with, but I will give them credit. They put us over at the very beginning. They gave you the company push. They, they gave us the company push, and I'm like, we're going to hit. This is right. going to hit. And I was also not to be cocky because I still to this day don't think we particularly have radio talent. Uh, you know, like skills going in and out of break and that sort of thing. But I knew we had chemistry. And I'm like, you know, I know that people enjoy listening to us bullshit, for lack of a better sure. phrase. And so people are going to like this. This is going to hit because Don Geronimo is going to put us over. And, you know, a quarter of a million people are going to check us out. And they're going to buy in because Don says it's interesting. You know, and so... Funny, I, that's, Don is on my list of one-name reactions, but I don't know if I want to get to that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a complicated guy. Complicated uh, guy. That's, yeah. that's, I'm sure that's what I get. So, yeah. So and, you, and, and, and we sounded different at the time. Like, now there are a lot of shows. You were the sports junkies then. Right. Now you're just the junkies. I don't know. We're still the sports junkies. To me, that doesn't matter. Like, people just really? know us as a group of guys. Yeah, that's a marketing thing. Huh. Um, We've I gone think back technically... Technically, 106.7 The Fan calls us the sports junkies. Okay. But when we were on the rock station, we became the junkies. Like, to me, that doesn't really matter. Um, but going back to 1997, when we start full time, okay. almost every sports show, and you know this at the time, was modeled after Mike and the Mad Dog. Right. So we grew up in D.C. All right, Coinheiser was a little bit unique, but you had Doc and Dan. It would be an athlete with, like, a radio guy or – what else was there? Kylie and the coach. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the model. It was always two guys, and all of a sudden we were kind of like four frat boys on right. the air. Ironically, none of us in frats, just having fun. And back in the early days. Your, your frat was the radio show. Right. And that everybody who listened could pledge and join. Right. Yes. And we had of. music going on in the background at least the first couple of years. And we years. didn't act like know-it-alls. Like, I mean, we're sports nerds, and so, you know, we'd fight with you and stuff. But we didn't act like right. my opinion was better than your opinion. Yeah. But I'll, I'll argue no, with you about it. the rushing average of uh, yeah. so Yeah, no, no. So, and I think that was key, right? Self-deprecating. Um, and no one will ever give us credit for this, but I do think we're largely responsible for um, just like the more chill aspect. Every show now has got four guys. Every show has four guys. It's not a big deal. People used to ask us, how are you going to survive with four guys? We go, I don't know. Just, are there four guys it. paid, though? You mean in other shows? Of, I don't know what yeah, other shows are doing. Because well, a lot of radio companies now, they don't want to pay two guys. Well, yeah, our, well radio company, our radio company don't want to pay four guys. So going back to the whole salary talk, <laughs> we do the eight-week tryout. I don't think we had a contract for well over a year. Mm-hmm. We okay. worked without a contract. And eventually, we got our first agent, which was actually Jason's uncle. He only lasted one contract. What, what um, background did Jason's uncle he have? He was a lawyer. Okay. He was a that lawyer. Was enough. Um, and I think that first contract was for roughly forty grand. Okay. Uh, but it took us a year, um, and I lost my train of thought. 
No, that's fine. So I'm guessing I feel like EB is the Hannibal of the A-team, the leader. Mm, no, I think – I've always felt like you are I'm just Hannibal. maybe the louder one. Lurch, you know? Lurch is like Mr. T. He's like uh, him. I would say you're like Face. You're the smooth talker, hmm. JP. And I'd say Cakes is like Murdoch, the crazy one. Hmm. But you could go with that. So, so who, who is the leader of the junkies? I don't think there's a leader. We're a group. You and, don't think And what I was going to say, now I remember my thing, is that when we had that first contract negotiation, the station said, well, you guys don't need four guys. Mm-hmm. And that happened throughout our career. When we would try and make more money, they were like, well, we, it's our budget. You guys have four guys. Right. What, what if Cakes no, goes often, back to where Toys R Us? They often, and to their credit, maybe. They said, well, why don't we just put two of you in the mornings, two of you in the afternoons? You know what I mean? We'll just kill two time slots. Now, we knew that wasn't going to work. Typical cheap-ass right? radio suit thinking. Right. I've got 20 at the blackjack table. Let me split them <laughs> and make more money right. and fuck up the hand. Right. So you went with the A team. So if you read the prologue of the book, yes. one of my buddies who's not really a listener of our show and didn't know that much about the history of the junkies told me, he read chapter one, which is really about how we're friends and grew up this together. This is Mark Roberge, the lead singer of a Roberge now is a forward. Okay. But there's the a forward. prologue, which I wrote. A prologue and he planted and an idea into my head. He goes, this reminds me of Entourage. It and is so very Entourage. I actually yes. put each of us into Entourage characters. Oh. EB is Johnny Drama. Okay. Cake's clearly Turtle. I am like the boring one. I'm E. Okay. And then I've got Lurch as Vincent Chase because Lurch... He has this life where he looks at a text machine throughout the show, and all of a sudden a guy offers him to go to Pebble Beach yeah. on a private jet. Yeah. He doesn't pay one cent for any of this. He's, he's now Ameri- gone to Pebble Beach two or three times. He's America's guest. He's exactly. America's guest. Yeah. yeah, he's pulled it off. So I hadn't yeah. really More thought of the A-team tool. thing, yeah. if I write a sequel or a new book. And I think that's one key for us is that we've always known – that our strength is the four of us. You know, so anytime they would try to split us up or anything, like, I was no, gonna no, it's say, not going to work. Have you ever looked at each other like, it's like a game of Survivor. Like, I think EB is conspiring against me. <laughs> I think, you know, someone's trying to get me off the show. Have you ever no. worried about that? No. No. I mean, I know friendship is thick 25 years. No, I, I think it's different. If we were put together by some, by some other entity, by management or something, that might happen. Okay. But we came in together, right? So we're going in together, we're going out together. So you knew that you're, yeah, you hang and together say this, or Zabe, hang separately. I yeah. say this, Abe. Look, I've known Eric since I was three years old. He, he claims to remember the first time that our parents got us together. I don't really remember it that play much. Date. <laughs> yeah, but um, we were friends before. Like, I was best man at his wedding, vice versa. Like, we'll be friends after. Like, at some point, we'll be replaced by Cheaper and Younger. We understand this. Right. It'll end. But, you know, our families became tight. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. our moms used to do a birthday group. Okay? <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. Yeah. And our moms would go out to lunch even in the last year before my mom passed away this year. They would go to lunch together. So we are but this, connected for life. But like a band... That is true. Bands break apart because you're so close to everyone. You get used to their things that piss you off. Right. Well, there give me never... $50 million and then maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll say it. <laughs> there was never a time where anyone were like, okay, we're seriously, we, all, we need to settle this. Have you ever had any closed-door meetings with just the show going, all right, this is bothering me. we got to fucking fix this. Uh, I don't know if it's closed door. We just say it during a commercial break. You know, just start oh, yelling okay. at each other. Yeah, We've I had mean, a handful of meetings probably in the history of the show. Any, any physical fights? Mm. We've had one tiny little physical one fight. One time oh. where I tackled JP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get On him air. good? 
on air. Okay. Oh, no, it just became like a little headlock thing. The thing which, like, and I write about this in the book too. We're brothers, right? Brothers are going to fight. Like, sure. I fight with my brother all the time. You're still brothers. You can have a stupid little argument, and generally speaking, 10 minutes later, you're just moving on. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. What's the dumbest idea anyone in management ever suggested to you guys about oh. the show or about I something remember, uh, you should do or just some oh, I know where you're going. dumb yeah. shit? <laughs> well, I remember we were in a meeting at HFS and, uh, well, there was a couple things. That, so they're very pop culture-y and, you know, just, I, I don't know. We were instinctive. We, our, our whole pitch has always been, we, if we're interested in it, we'll talk about it. Sure. We'll make it interesting. Like we'll let her talk about anything, and if it's interesting to us, hopefully we'll make it interesting for you, right? right. But they were like, at least if it's about- interesting to like one or two of the guys, because I'll say like Cakes and I aren't big golf fans, but we probably talk more golf on our show because EB and Lurch are yeah, passionate about it. Yeah, as long as a couple it. of the guys are, right. are passionate about it, we'll make it work. Yeah. But then I remember Jay Stevens came in, and very successful, and he's like, you guys didn't talk about Fast and the Furious, man. What's going on? Fast and Furious is number one in the box. So how can you guys not talk about Fast and the Furious? And we're like, we don't give a shit about sure. Fast and the Furious. It's not, not my thing. You know what I mean? Sorry. But then we had meetings. By the way, that was Fast kind of. and the Furious 1. one. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know there was yeah. going to be 10 of them. Yeah. No, but the point is we would have these weekly meetings, and they would bring up things like this, and there was one in particular where I took my glasses off. I thought I'm gonna have to throw down with the GM here because he wanted us to sign. He wanted us to ha- add the Wonkette to our show. So oh, he, do you remember when she was popular no like 15 way. years ago? Yeah, in the mid- early 2000s. She's a political. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person. He's like, that's, I, a, that's fucking death for I know, you was, guys. Yes, politics. Oh my god. Yeah, that that would have been as bad as Poochie the dog in The Simpsons. But too. that was during the days. So going back to HFS, we did nights for five years, and then. Due to some circumstances, Opie and Anthony had this scandal. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, we had this opportunity to move to mornings, which means more money. Yeah. You're in prime time. And all of a sudden, you're competing now because at nights on WJFK, we were crushing it, finishing number one almost every ratings book. Now, all of a sudden, you're heading to the station, which is finishing in like 15th place. Right. And you need to climb the rankings. You're, you're going to be there with Stern and, yeah. and Elliot in the morning. And so we went from this life where it was laissez-faire, do your own thing. As long as you're getting the results, which you are, you can do whatever you want to all of a sudden having meetings, which we weren't used to. Well, Jason you used were to there. have, Jason Lurch used to have a rule. We would walk <laughs> into the meeting and he'd go, 
no small talk. Because it, if it all of a sudden there's a meeting, right, it yeah. just prolongs the meeting. So we just wanted to hear, okay, you got a concert coming up. We got to do these giveaways, whatever. We're out. Yeah. You know, he immediately wanted to get oh. it. In fact, I think Jason used to actually stand kind of like halfway stand out the, in door the doorway. Way. I mean, it was completely disrespectful. <laughs> I, go in, I go into meetings uh, about as loquacious as a murder suspect. Yeah. Right. I literally won't say a thing. <laughs> yeah. And let that awkward silence permeate the room to remind everyone, okay, we done here? Let's go. Well, see, but- I would have a problem with that because I would get very defensive. So if they started saying stuff that I didn't you like. Couldn't take it. Yeah. Couldn't take EB it. EB would like, get very then, defensive. And, then, and Jason would go nuts and JP would just laugh. But I'm like, I can't, you know, right. I get defensive. You can't, just stick up for your show. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. our shit. This but, is what we're doing. But they were, were having those meetings because, you know, we hadn't gotten to number one yet. And the thing is, eventually we started climbing and then once you start climbing the rankings, then all of a sudden those suggestions of the Fast and the Furious and the Wong Start Cat, tailing off. They start yeah. tailing yeah, yeah, off yeah, yeah, as yeah, long exactly. as you get the results. Yeah, well, you were brought in as the shiny toy, the shiny object, and a big expensive purchase to lift the station out of the muck. Right. right. And that's what you did. Kind of. Well, well <laughs> no, the problem is we got there. We jumped but then, aboard the Titanic. Well, no. well and then, but then they changed formats. Right. They folded up. Well, no, but right. the problem is, is that we ended up having a huge audience and bringing our own audience in, but then it at ten, when they start playing the music again, they, everyone would bail. Turn right out, yeah. Yeah, well, I can't. I can't help that. I know. I can't make people stick around and listen to Fallout Boy. Yeah, I but mean, it's just a different crowd. I wouldn't be surprised if they would try to say, but you got to convince them to do it somehow. Yeah, we tried. And they, I, and, but but I tried. And, and those were some of the little fights we had along the way because we signed this contract. We moved to mornings. It's a great opportunity. And I write about this. The very first meeting we had. The program director goes, okay, and you guys got to play eight songs an hour. <laughs> We're all just doing the math. Eight times three, that's eight 24. I was like, when are we going to talk? Right. Yeah. I was like, you signed us up because we're number one over here, and you're failing playing music over here. Why do you want us playing music? See the logic? They want us to do what everyone else that failed did. <laughs> I mean, it makes no sense. So eventually you kind of meet hour. halfway, and, yeah. and, it, and it works out. And the truth is... It's weird. We've been doing it for 25 years. Those two-plus years we were at HFS were probably the most fun we ever had. Some of the most enjoyable years. Yeah. even though there was the pain in the ass with the meetings, all of a sudden we're on stage watching Jay-Z and Beyonce like five feet away from really? us watching Jay-Z. The musical hookups were probably the best they've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah, great. Bands come in station. and playing for you live and in the studio. It was amazing. That was one of the rare times in our career where corporate was 100% invested in you. Yeah. So they were like, oh, you guys want to do this for a promotion? Okay, let's, let's make it. it happen. They had promotional fans. Else. They had people. Right. You know, even like the wa- – we did a lot of wacky ideas. Look, we had a porno swap. We had satellite locations, and we would do all these things. Um, we did a Daisy Dukes contest, which oh, was women the, with bags on their heads. When, uh, when, it, did, when did the sundress party end? In the age of political correctness, you don't do that anymore. We well, didn't, to, we didn't necessarily, doing, yeah, we didn't necessarily an, accept that because of the political correctness. Some of the other stuff we did, we would do a spring break party at uh, the theater. What's that called? We did it at State Theater. State Theater, many, many times. We got a thousand people out there. And, but one yeah. of your big events every year was the spring sundress. Right. Spring's well, it became the sundress. So we did the spring break party before, which goes back like really to the HFS years. EB said one time, you know, during these meetings, okay, the meetings which we hated. Every once in a while, a good idea would pop up. <laughs> but so not, EB, from, not from right, them. Right, but EB was saying, you know, at the time, like, MTV used to have, you would see MTV Spring Break, and it would, they would have these contests and concerts, and the idea was, like, maybe we should do something kind of like that. And so that's where it started, and it became this big monster 
what I like to say is our listeners, it's it's this monster, and every once in a while you got to feed the monster. And sure. What, how would we feed the monster? We would do a spring break party where people get liquored up and have beer. You'd have a bikini contest. So why'd that go this? away? That's because, because when we were forty years old, we sat on stage and we've got like twelve year old daughters. And you realize, and this we're like, is what are we doing? Well, we have a lesbian <laughs> couch, and you get you know you know your guys are banging balloons on stage, and you, you know it's just like sounds great. It, it is until except when you have daughters. It's still about mid 45, 46, and you're like, you know, I think this time maybe it's past. Did, did either one of your wives ever pull you aside and say, honey, I just don't know about this stuff you're doing on the air? Or Not in a serious give you way. any feedback no. like, come on. Well, so it may be early on a few times, you know, because, you know, we'd have porn stars in the studio. I mean, the stuff that we did in the studio, I won't even admit to. Um, <laughs> Too bad it's in the book. Still <laughs> yeah. Barking, available at stillbarking.com. Right? Thank you. There yep. you go. No, so sometimes they give us a hard time about stuff, but a- after a while, they, I think they kind of understood that it was just us, you know, playing the game. Okay, so that was cool there. And, and, and I'll you- say this. I'll say this. I used to have this debate with my mom. She would remember the parts that we're talking about that maybe are embarrassing, maybe you shouldn't do a little cringy as we look back on it. And I'd be like, Mom, we do 60 segments a week. Right. And you're going to remember the one, one time I used the B word. I was like, <laughs> what is the percentage? Just do the math. So like the spring break party, that's once a year. When right. you're cranking out hundreds of shows and hundreds of segments, even the porn stars, people go, oh, I remember we had Jen, Jen, Jenna Jameson on. Do you know how many hundreds of guests we had on the right. show? Right. But people will remember like that one thing. Like It's just a small element of the show. Yeah. Would you guys do it again if you had? I would. Chance? Yeah, I don't think I'd change anything really. So you'd take because a run at, at time, it again, knowing how perilous the industry is. Uh, you know, but, there's a you know there's a ton of guys now like, hey, I want to do this. I got buddies. Yeah, I can do it. Well, show. we always encourage them too. I actually think it's easier now than ever in some ways because you just start a podcast. You don't have to do cable act. Like any guy can start a podcast. Yeah, but I mean, market it's a, it yourself. It, yeah, but there's a notion of podcasts that are going nowhere, making no money. No, well, for sure. For sure, I mean, but that could have happened to us, too. How do you forge a career, though, with an actual salary and benefits? Well, you well, have to have... You have to create you your have, own luck, which yeah. is what I think we did. You have to have good content. We didn't just all of a sudden appear at JFK. We did our cable access show for a year, right. religiously. He drove back from Philly while he was in law school, religiously. People right. thought he was stupid. What are you doing driving back for this dumb cable show that right. literally no one was watching? But we had our own professional standard that we were trying to sure. achieve. And then after a year, we said, you know what? No one's watching it, but it's actually kind of funny. It's not bad. Let's send out tapes to TV critics, and maybe they'll write something about it in the right. paper, and then maybe a radio station will call. And that's what happened. Yeah. Well, so, in other words, we created but we created it. Not to discount it. the hard work, but I think the landscape has changed to the point where no radio company is going to employ four guys full time. To do a single show, maybe you just gotta work your way. I mean, then if you build a, if much. you build a following, though, well, and, how are you gonna that, do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. My, my daughter has over four hundred thousand people on her TikTok. How did that happen? Like you can make things happen. How many? Over four hundred thousand. Your daughter? Yes. What's her TikTok? <laughs> I don't even have TikTok. You can look it up. Kelsey Flame, Google it. Kelsey Flame TikTok. And what's her what's her hook? She's at the Hungry Foodie. She does quick food reviews. Okay. Does she monetize it? She monetizes it quite well. I'll wow. give you the number afterwards okay. of what she made last month. That's fantastic. Add three zeros to this. Okay. Wow. No, but I think... Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. But I think, yeah, because of social media and because of the, 
the you know everyone can have a podcast. The, the access you, EB to the environment is easier than ever, but yeah. the the market is more flooded. That's and the true. economics of the companies that have money and are actually paying salaries are getting tighter and tighter all the no, time. No, no, you got to hit. I don't know. I don't know of another show in the country that's got four full time guys. Understood. Right but now, if you can build true. a following, how did full time and a contributor? Or how two. did Pat McAfee become so big? He built his own brand. Okay, well that's the point. It may Ballsy. be it, 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 it may be hard to achieve. Right. It may be very hard to achieve, but you can build up a following like locally. I mean, I'm, that's I'm, kind of what we did. We built our brand. I've no, become I've become I'm, fr- I've become I'm friends with this guy. I'm not discounting the work that went into it. I'm be- just yeah, no, no, there's good fortune. About, there's I'm talking p- about the local. The current landscape is interesting because it's challenging. And yeah, McAfee is an amazing story, but I mean, a lot of that's just gambling money that's coming in, which I'm skeptical. How long For is that sure. going to last? I don't you think know? it'll last, but. If you get sixty million of it, who cares? Well, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean. Once I mean, you get it, just put it away, and then yeah, you're good I mean, to go. I mean, yeah. it all comes down to, and I don't know the numbers. Pat McAfee obviously has a tremendous following. He's built it up. He was smart yes. when he was a player. He built connections. Um, well, he's good. He the right he's a, he's bar a good, stool connection was huge for him. He's a that's good, where he built the platform. He's a good personality, which carries the day. If he was yeah. not a good personality, he wouldn't yes. carry the day. Look, like, I'm not yeah. saying it's likely. Like, if you lined up twenty people. That all said, I want to break into the business like the junkies. How many of them are going to be able to make it? I don't know. But you have the opportunity to make it. Sure, sure. So I'm going to throw some one names out here. Just want to get your reactions. Mm. We'll chum in the water. Dan Snyder. You could go first. Come on, EB. I, the, the thing is, he's an enigma to me. So I don't know him. I mean, I think he's a terrible owner, and he's probably a, a borderline terrible person. But I just don't know him. He's a, like, you know what I mean? Have I, you ever met him personally? No, I got a phone call from Tony Wiley one time that Dan loved the article I wrote defending the name. <laughs> That's as close as I've ever gotten. So a no phone call from the PR guy saying Dan saying, loved this, wanted you okay. to know, you know, I whatever. Think- I think Cakes JP, walked why, by him Why one is he be pulling his punches on Snyder here in a podcast? What am I going to say? You've said worse on the air. I've like heard what? you go on. You're like, this guy is the worst human being ever. We're cursed. We're never going to win. This, this is your utter despair. Uh, now he's probably sounds, afraid. I no, I don't disagree with that. Now it sounds like you're sort of trimming your sails. No, I'm not. I, just, I don't know the guy. I mean, I think he's a, a dirt ball. I mean, I, I have nothing good to say about him. What does it take to know a guy? Don't we know him by now, boys? Well, no, I don't. If he's yes, still, we know him from living with him and hearing about from him. Actions. Tell me you don't have stories from people who know. Yes. You guys are more connected than I am. I've got coolie stories about Snyder that yeah. would peel your eyelids back. Yeah. And many, many others for when they owned our station. We had yeah. stories about it. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to speak for EB, but I think he's coming from, we've already said it all. Like, okay. well, what is there to say? say? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Dan Snyder's not a good guy, and he's a loser as an owner. Okay, fair enough. That's kind of the... Okay, uh, Ted Leonsis. I like Ted, and I respect Ted. And, you know, we actually got to know him years and years ago, and we probably haven't seen him in person in many, many years. And who he, knows how involved he is with these type of things? But somehow we were part of the Capitals he, parade. He put and you we guys had, in the parade and, and gave we, you rings. We got freaking Capitals. Yeah, but I'm not sure he had anything to do with that. I, I mean, he, he probably didn't. It. He right. probably was like, "All right, <laughs> you know what I mean." I mean, I don't think it was his idea. But and were you guys when they said that you're going to be in the parade? What'd you think? Well, it was unbelievable, and you really can't. 
do it justice until you actually do it. And then you're like, oh, my God, it's the most – the two parades that we've been in, and let's be honest, the reason why we were in the parades is because our station was the rights holder. Right. right? And, and then we were kind of – does not happen in every market. Maybe with not. With every rights holder. Well, we're, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I think you guys were very lucky. I, I don't think, think there's a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of cities no where question. they would put a morning show – just because it's on the station that carries the game in the parade. And again, that's why I go back to that moment sitting on Jason's back deck. Who would have thunk it? Well, I think it's impossible to think that we're there. Cakes is legitimately deciding if he's going to leave Toys R Us to pursue (laughs) a radio career because it's only an eight-week tryout. Yeah, he ends up in two championship parades for the hometown teams and has two rings. Correct. (laughs) Pretty fucking good. Let me tell you something, though. Those parades are probably two of the three or four highlights of our career. I was going to say, is there anything higher? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there is because we kind of— The turkey bowl. (laughs) The Turkey Bowl was amazing. <laughs> what was Major that? Major 9,000 fans when we beat the Divas in oh, that's uh, right. a you football played, game. You played the professional women's football team. No, no, team. seriously. You're looking at the MVP. Well, no, Steve, we, we drew like – we outdrew the Georgetown Hoyas that day. I'll never forget it. Um, we had over 8,000 people there. We had TV stations covering it. We had a band. <laughs> we had a charity drive. We had a donkey out. I mean, it was unbelievable what we did. What did you play? Uh, tight end and linebacker, I guess. Yeah, what'd yeah. you do in the game? Where's your stats? I had well, and so, kicker. Don't sleep on. Oh yeah, four extra points. Four, he was four he was the points. only three way player on the team. Most of us were two way players. Well, okay, so here's my stats. <laughs> did you get your four shit, for did four? You get your shit rocked by any of those guys? Never. But I was scared. <laughs> Hold on, they give you my stats. Jason had two completions. I believe I had both of them. Yeah. Right. So I had two completions, two sacks, a strip fumble, and four extra points. Good enough for for MVP. But. I did say before the match, there was some doubt because, you know, we were all sort of athletic guys who played sports our whole lives, but none of us really played football. Yeah. I said, if we lose to women, with no disrespect, I mean, there's a physiological difference here. If we lose to women, I don't care how professional they are, we have to kill ourselves. <laughs> we, I mean, we have to, we just have, it's over. Like, you're, you have to die. And so, on the very first play that I was going against this woman, I was playing tight end. She was like a linebacker, and she was dating one of the Ravens linebackers. I can't remember who she was, and she was snorting. And I'm and I've never hit a woman before, and I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm like, all right. And so, and then you know, she comes up and she pops me right away. You see the Fred D and head slap, right? Yeah, Swim head slap move. right in my face, and I'm like, that bitch. And then I just took her and I threw her, all right. And then I was like, okay, we're gonna be fine. Because okay. she did jolt me for a second because I wasn't quite ready for it. But then, you know, obviously we were stronger. A, that so. was a one-time game. Yeah. But that was one of those things where we've done it a couple times in our career where if you do something that people don't know what's going to happen and it's intriguing, They'll that's why up. we had thousands sure. of people show yeah. up because we had this crazy idea. These women have been trying to come on our radio show like as legitimate guests. And we're like, what why would we have the DC Divas on the show? Clinton Portis was on last week. We have actual <laughs> members of the Washington football team. We've barely heard of you. Not to be disrespectful, yeah. but yeah. we're trying to get an audience. Right, and we would get kind of these weekly emails, and we created the idea, and it worked out really well. Okay, here's another name for you. Uh, RG3. Hmm. RG3 was a phenomenon. Yeah, you know, I write about it in the book. There's nobody like him in terms of the Washington football team. Like at the that year, 2012, um, was awesome, really. Once they started best, rolling, the best, whole city was behind best it. Best year uh, psychologically for the franchise under yes. Snyder. Oh, yeah, by far. Because there was hope. There was a future. There was electricity. There was respect around the league. Nobody cared about the terrible stadium. Nobody cared about the parking. Right. The tickets were hot. It that, was, it was that amazing. That said, 
he turned out to be someone completely different than what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I it got, was a, yeah. I got snowed by him. I said, this guy is unnaturally mature. When yeah. in fact, he was immature as well, shit. Well, a narcissist. Right. And hated in the locker room. Yeah. This really Well, if you remember at the time, and you're a star out in like Milwaukee, but one of those, one of their writers had, he was like one of the two or three people that had a negative uh, thought on him prior to the draft. Oh, and people savaged that guy. Do you not, remember it? Not, I, it, was, it was not Nolan Narwaki. No, he was maybe, the guy that ripped on Cam prior Maybe it was Bob something from the Bob second. Bob I think it might have been Bob yeah. McGinn. Mm-hmm. And he said, listen, there's some talk that he's a me guy, that he's all about himself, you know, and everyone just, oh, that can't be true, that can't be true. He's, look right. how charming he is. Yeah. And the guy nailed it. He yeah, I know. nailed it. But one thing I learned in the business is being right doesn't pay. Never pay. <laughs> yeah. Like, the foolish thing is I've always tried to be right as best I can, guessing, like, here's who's going to be good or not. That doesn't matter. No, it literally cares. doesn't. But yeah. RG3, really, the, I mean, 2012 was fun. But really, the three years of RG3, when you then were debating RG3 versus Kirk, I mean, it, it was great material for a radio show for sure. Yeah. Bruce Allen. Boob. Oh, I have l- no regard for Bruce. <laughs> I like. I I think I dislike him more than Dan, I think Eb. Uh, didn't you? He challenged Bruce to a fight, and he would retire if Bruce beat. If him. Bruce beat me in a boxing match, I'd retire. Oh, that's an awesome one. See, yeah. that would have drawn a. F- I would have come out for that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. No, no. Yeah. Like, let's do. Let's do. It. If I if I win, you quit. Right. If if, <laughs> if you win, I quit. He did more damage than Vinny, right? Because he was oh, a more yeah. evil Vinny. He was Machiavellian. Yeah, he, it's just a used car salesman, just like the worst guy ever. We had dinner with him, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm repulsed by this guy. But how do you, you even had distinguish? He did our he did did table manners, ironically. Table manners? Yeah, he, he did, did table, table manners, manners, but I don't think from the poem. We did a couple did seasons from, here from uh, the, the MGM or whatever it was. Or All the, right. uh, whatever uh, they call it. Cornizer. Yeah. I think Cornizer is awesome. I mean, I don't, I don't know him personally at all, and yeah. Eric might attest to it. When we were growing up, not knowing that I was going to do sports radio, mm-hmm. that was one of the guys I really liked. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, as a writer, that was one of the guys that I read that I liked. Yeah, Wilbon? Same thing. And Wilbon's been really cool to us. In fact, he was going to do a testimonial for the book. Um, I talked to him, and he was really over-the-top nice. Didn't have to be. The thing is, he works for a big corporation. And oh, saying, I yeah. was like, you know what? Don't They're even probably worry like, about no, it. No, you're not allowed to do that. Um, Feinstein. Huh. John's a complicated guy. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what can I tell you? He and I go back. You know, we we disagree on most everything, but um, it, it's it's weird because I grew up idolizing the guy. You know, I read all his stuff. You know, right. season on the brink, all the the early books I've bought. Um, I really enjoy his work, but sometimes we just get into it. So okay. it's, it's a complicated situation. He's, he's a, he, you know he's, what? Our listeners are listen. He's very polarizing. Yes. but polarizing is good. Yeah. At what point, to wrap up here, because our soup is here, you guys have been good with your time, still barking, mm-hmm. the book out by J.P. Flame, Friendship, Brotherhood, and 25 Years of the Sports Bunkies, uh, j- sports Junkies. <laughs> We're going to edit that out. That's yeah, okay. Sports Bunkies works. Sports. <laughs> available at, Don't edit it. Available at stillbarking.com. You're shipping these out yourself. I saw that Somewhat. on social media. God bless Somewhat. you. Somewhat. I'm working with the publisher doing it. it, it, it in a way, it's good. Um, by the time the books arrived from the printer, already already over 2,000 were ordered. So to get 2,000 books out as fast right. as possible, I had to jump in. And yes, All right. I'm involved in the shipping. Do we have another 25 years in you guys? Oh. 25 years. I, I mean, I know. Alive, yeah, I knew he was going to go to that. 
Um, 25 years is probably a long ask. What I like to say personally, I think EB is probably a radio lifer. I just what's know personally. What's a good number? There's 10. four guys. I'm 53. I think 15 years. You guys years. are about the same age as me, right? Right, we're 51. You want 50? And will you at 65 be doing stuff that appeals to the younger audience out there, the kids? I don't know that we actually do appeal to the kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> bring, back, you. bring back the, the uh, sundress <laughs> exactly. promotion. Bring back the lesbian Here, here's couch. What I, here's bring back the football games. Now let the divas play you guys when you're a lot older and more arthritic. No, then we might around. actually lose. Then we might actually <laughs> lose. Um, here's what I will say is that I don't, I don't know. I mean, as long as a company wants to pay us to keep coming on and doing this. You'll take their money. I'll take their money. Yes. And I, have, I don't really have a – like I want to chill – but I, I will always work. You know what I mean? And so I think the great thing about podcasting and everything is that's I know that's our ultimate destination. That's where we'll ride off into the sunset, right. whatever version of it that it is. And, I, and I'll always work. I'll always put content out there. And I think we're lucky enough that we have a base that a certain percentage of them will always be sort of interested in consuming it. So we're lucky. Yeah. And, you know, with these, I've been doing these book signings. It's cool, and it, we've actually been hearing this for years. Some people will come up to us, like 35-year-old guys, and they'll come up and, I've been listening to you since I was in the seventh grade. I, and they're a 35-year-old guy. Like, I know. My dad used Grown to drive me man. to school. Yeah, the, my dad used to listen to you guys is one of the most – Humbling, it's appreciated, but it's right. also like, fuck. Yeah, it's over. Right, right, right. <laughs> you but if you actually look back on it, it's kind of an honor. It's like your dad is actually still listening. Now he's like a 60-year-old yeah. man, and you're like a 35-year-old guy with two kids. So your audience kind of grows with you. Sure. You know, when, our, when we started out, we were these kind of frat boys having fun, music, and all that stuff. And it's not to say that that's not within us, but... That had a different sound, and now all of these people have kind of grown up with us as we've had kids. I mean, today Jason did a segment for about 10 minutes. He's always Mr. Melancholy about his kids coming back from school, but in the blink of an eye, they're going to be gone, and he's going to be an empty nester so again. So he's sad. Sad Jason Bishop is riveting radio. <laughs> and so Normally he's only sad of, when he loses a parlay. Right, but it's or kind of – is a free trip to Pebble. I think it's relatable, and just knowing – you know, the personalities, look, I can't speak for Jason or John or here, but I just know Eric loves it. Like, I, I know when we started out, going back to that first cable access show, especially Eric and I, we, we, we did that show, and it was a light bulb moment for us. It was like, you know, he's, he would have been fine. He would have been probably coaching, co coaching high school basketball and a counselor, and he would have had a fine life. And I'd be practicing along, would have had a fine life. But when we did that very first show, it was like, we're having fun. Yeah. And yes, it's a job. But we're four friends doing something that's fun. Sure. Day to day, you may not think about it, but like when you look back on it with the book, it's like, yeah, hey, that stuff's pretty cool. Well, I'm glad that you paid a stipend to uh, your colleagues for the book, <laughs> even though they did nothing. It well, may yeah. be an honorarium because Andy Poland once wrote a book, DC Sports List, wanted me to write a list for him and offered no pay whatsoever. <laughs> Zero. And I said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> get out of my face, Street. And he, what, he, he didn't like that I turned him down. He was like, everyone else did it, Zabe. You didn't want to do it. I'm like, of course not. Write your own book. <laughs> and I well, was believe only, me. I was only looking for a free lunch like believe this Believe me, it. it's not that much. But, uh, you know, J even Jason gave me two pictures in the book. You get to see uh, Jason Bishop playing high school basketball at DeMatha, which almost nobody has seen out there. Really? He keeps that close to the vest, huh? Hmm. I love it.
Guys, thanks for coming. No, out. thank you. Dave, Appreciate awesome. it. Right, I didn't even nice. know the show started, so I guess the show's, the show's ending. ending. Yes, All right. right. <laughs> we can eat. Appreciate it. <laughs>